You're listening to the Comic Book Informer Podcast with Vince and Raj, a podcast for everyone from comic nerds to comic noobs. You know who you are. Now here's your host, Vince. Hello, everybody, and welcome to issue 97 of the Comic Book Informer Podcast. We are coming to you. <laughs> that <laughs> you have any idea how many hours of my life i've wasted since you sent me that video i will have to link that unless you're starting from scratch go ahead it's up to you <laughs> Anyway, it's Wednesday, October 24th, just one week to Halloween, and we have a pretty interesting Halloween episode lined up for you guys. But this week, there's actually a train of thought to this episode, believe it or not. Anyway, uh, Roger's here, in case you couldn't hear him laughing earlier. (laughs) Big jerk. (laughs) Well, hello there. (laughs) And we're starting off with issue 13 of Batman, which starts off the big Death of the Family crossover that's finally bringing the Joker into the new 52. Uh, Of course, it's written by Scott Snyder with art by Greg Capullo. And this was a creepy freaking Joker in this issue, huh? What I like about this is that they took this, this little story art that started in Detective Comics and brought it in for the resolution in Batman. So I don't know if it's just that Snyder said, you know what, I want to play with this idea now. Give it to me. I want to run with this ball because it's no secret. It's like the the face coming off of the Joker from Detective Comics. So I was expecting that story to be resolved in Detective, not in, in Batman. Right. And I'm glad that it's in Batman because Snyder proved with the whole Night Owl um, a story arc that he can really handle – a story a story arc of magnitude and do it justice so having heard what we did from the comic-con with this and what they're planning for the joker and whatnot i'm really looking forward to seeing what they're going to do because like you were saying yeah this episode was creepy as hell but in a good way it was fun to read yeah um from what we learned during that whole uh Liefeld debacle earlier this year is that whoever writes the core batman comic is considered the lead writer for the entire batman franchise so it's entirely possible snyder did set this up by giving them that little carrot to dangle back in detective comics number one I honestly, I don't know. Maybe it would be interesting to find out, though. Mm-hmm. But anyway, yeah, the issue starts off at the Gotham City Police Department, you know, you know, Gordon, you know, the whole hiding the cigarettes thing. But then Joker just busts in and just starts offing the cops. I mean, we, we know Gotham City clearly doesn't have the greatest of police forces, but it's a single unarmed guy. <laughs> but it, it, it was believable. Yeah, it's it's one guy walking through the police station, you know, snapping police officers' necks, but at no point did you go, oh, that's just completely ridiculous. Just because it's the Joker, and he was being all creepy jokery the entire time with his jokes. <laughs> Talk about how he's hiding under Commissioner Gordon's bed at night. I was like, oh, God. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that I liked. Yeah. <laughs> with me, it was always just um, – what they were planning to do with that face. And I like how in, um, in detective Harvey is playing that joke on the rookie detective and puts the speaker with the, uh, the laughter from the Joker behind the face. And so, I mean, the face has been off for like 
a year. year. You're thinking, okay, this thing is getting pretty crusty and has no use anymore. He's not going to be able to reattach it. And then you read this and it's like, oh, dude. (laughs) Technically. (laughs) Yeah, I love that, uh, how they established it. And what Batman himself said was that he didn't let the doll maker get the best of him. Uh, He allowed his own face to be cut off and left it there as a message. And we see that Joker has taken a new turn in his personality. I mean, he calls back to you know the very first crime he ever committed, uh, but the son of the first person he murdered, at least as the Joker. But then turns all these twists on it, where you know he he ends up killing off more cops because why not? And the traditional Joker gas or Joker poison, if you will, except now they're frowning instead of smiling, and just all these sick, twisted things that work so well even to the point where harley isn't even sure what joker's up to anymore and that is what drove it home for me when she was like she wasn't even sure if she was on board with this plan that was like okay this is messed up but in the greatest way possible and that's what i loved about this as well exactly that when you see uh when you see her and and even the art was fantastic for this where you can see the doubt in her eyes and you can see her and then the little story at the end mm-hmm. too which oh my god um but no you can really see how much they're they're pushing the boundaries of that relationship between Joker and Harley and and again i'm really glad nothing against layman or what he's going to do in detective comics but i'm really happy that Snyder and and Tinium are are the ones handling this because Wow, this was phenomenal beginning to end. I absolutely loved it. Yeah, if you haven't been reading the core Batman title, A, what's wrong with you? And B, this is definitely a good time to start if you're not. Well, again, the the Night Owl's story arc was phenomenal. Like beginning to end, everything about it, I absolutely loved. And so then when you you finish something of that magnitude off, you're thinking, okay, he's going to take it easy now for a little while. (laughs) Oh, no, 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 no. And so, again, it's he's not a one-trick pony. He he does write phenomenal, gripping, disturbing stories. And, And it shows. I mean, look at what he's started already with this. And, of course, the big test is going to be coming up next year of can he make us care about a Superman comic? That's a little touch and go in all honesty. I mean, he's good, but I don't know. Listen, the world has gone insane. We're liking Hawkeye comics. Who knows what's next? Yeah, really, that's true. eh? All right, well, keeping on that trend, uh, next we're talking about Detective Comics, uh, specifically issue 13, which marks John Lehman, uh, famously, of Chu. His first issue is writing uh, art in this issue by Jason Fabok, Fabok, whatever. We're terrible with names on this podcast. If anybody would like to correct us on their names, feel free. (laughs) (laughs) but the last issue of detective comics i read was number two and i don't even remember enjoying that one very much but uh you've read actually read everything in between so yeah give give us a a brief uh thought about how the the series was previously because i didn't read it (laughs) well again the 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 when we started off with the new 52 and we had read well i had read uh, a bunch of them at the start and then basically they just kind of sat around for a while there after that and I had got, yeah there was it so yeah um and it was it was as if they were trying for the the shock factor in a lot of the detective story arcs um so 
I didn't enjoy it quite as much. And then there was a lot going on with Penguin as well, which the Penguin has never been my favorite character. He's a short tubby dude. It should not be that difficult to take him down, all right? And so it's it's never been that phenomenal. And then a lot of the stuff that I saw in the story arc after that as well with um, with the sisters and stuff like that was kind of came off – a little too cliched. Now there were some episode, some issues that were justifiably quite good. I enjoyed them uh, a lot. Um, the stuff with the little mini mini hadron collider was kind of fun to read as well. So again, there were some good fun stories. But see, with Layman now, what he's done is he's gone right back to the Penguin again. And this is going to be where it's a personal preference for you. What you think about that character is going to be a lot of what determines your enjoyment with this his new little story arc because it's not layman's writing because that's fine. But reading this, I wasn't that thrilled about it. And it's entirely because of the penguin. You see, penguin doesn't do anything for me one way or the other. It's not like, Oh great. God, the penguin or Oh no, the penguin. I mean, having played, you know, Arkham city and he had such a good role in that game. You know, I don't, I don't obviously hate the character. He's just, I'm just indifferent to him, but I like that they can bring bring. Bing Penguin. Yeah. Bring That was a nice one. Yeah. I like that they can bring Penguin in and have him function in a role different from most of the other Batman villains. Because yeah, he's, you know, four feet tall, three hundred pounds. You know, not not exactly a gonna go toe to toe with Batman, but he can fill a different role, almost kind of that kingpin style role that really no other villain in Batman's rogues gallery really represents. And I like that we got that aspect in this issue. Again, I don't have any of the experience with his previous role in detective comics, but I like how he's not, he doesn't want to be, you know, just the villain. It's more about his ego and even going so far as donating half a million dollars to this charity just to inflate his ego and also kind of stick it to Bruce Wayne. I mean, sure, he probably end up stealing the money, but <laughs> it, it's just a different twist on the traditional Batman villain that I do kind find kind of refreshing. And the other thing with me with this, too, that I was and it's it's partially because I, again, went back and reread all of these, including all of the Batman again, just to make sure that I was fresh for this. Um, the other thing that kind of made me meh was once again, the target is in Batman. It's Bruce. Mm -hmm. And we're seeing a lot of that in these comics where everybody's out to get Bruce, not Batman. And it's like, eh, I think a little bit more originality would have been nice. And then bringing in these evil you know, evil yeah. <laughs> Eastern assassins, nothing really new or earth shattering there either. So as a whole, I, I, I was expecting more from Layman for this. I, I'm looking forward to seeing where he's going to go with it, but then I'm not thrilled with the cast and the premise is, is not strong. Put it to you that way, mm -hmm. in my opinion. Uh, did uh, Fabak do the art on the previous issues as well? I'm going to look. Give me one second to flip through here. Because the art actually did seem very similar, similar theme. No, the well, the one before that was by uh, Richard, Richard Friend. Because mm -hmm. I I loved the art in this issue. Yeah, the art was good. Mm -hmm. The art was good. And what about the little uh, the backup story that gave us kind of that uh, glimpse into what the you know lesser criminals uh, their their side of life in a city occupied by Batman. Mm. So so. 
it was okay, but it was nothing mm. earth shattering for me at least. Yeah, no, it wasn't like it, it wouldn't be something you can base an entire comic around. But for a short, you know, six page story, I found it pretty entertaining. You know, talking about all the ways that you know you you have to the things you have to do to survive in Gotham. Yeah, yeah, no. Again, it was it was it was good. And it was enjoyable. Uh, maybe it's because I was expecting a little bit more because some of those little shorts that we saw, like in Batman, especially throughout the uh, the Court of Owls oh, yeah, thing, that, and then that's the on last a whole one different was like, level. <laughs> yeah, those are like holy crap. So when this was out, it was like okay, well, it was all right, but it's certainly nothing phenomenal. And yeah, the art was actually uh, for Detective was mainly. Um, Oh, Jesus, someone different again. God, we got the, there was a Sandy someone, and then so I'm seeing a lot of different names. Okay. So it's definitely not the same artist. Okay. All right, and then the last comic we're going to be talking about today is the latest issue of Chew, as always, by John Layman and Rob Guillory. And we actually, at least you and I, haven't talked about Chew in a while. And I thought this was a really good issue to kind of pick it up again because. This was a really, really solid single issue, even as part of the larger storyline. It's part four of uh, Space Cakes, the the storyline they're going on right now. And the effort – or geez, the issue focused on a joint effort between the FDA, USDA, and NASA. So the entire story was about this fun team up with Colby, uh, Antonell, and Caesar. And just seeing the three of them working together on a case, I really, really enjoyed this issue. I mean we enjoy all of them, but this issue in particular – I just found a lot of fun. This is where layman belongs. Let's be <laughs> honest. Okay? This is it. Because what's what's funny is, and, and I know that he obviously wants to be able to write a variety of things, and it's not that he's not good at other things. I mean, again, he, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what he is going to be doing with Batman. Um, but I don't know. It's like some writers really have a knack for one style, one type of story kind of thing or, or genre. And Quite obviously, my God, like he just, in in our opinion, he has yet to fail on Chew. Every single issue has been phenomenal. So when you're looking at this too, and like you're saying, as, as a single issue where there's, you know, a, a start, end, and resolution to this little thing that they're doing here, um, it works. It works entirely. And then it also manages to tie in all of the character interactions that we've been having um, throughout, especially the where do I know you from bit that they're doing, <laughs> <That's so great. laughs> which has been funny as hell. Um, and so all of that stuff. And then, of course, some yet more Poyo, even though it's only a couple of pages, but it's a big freaking that splash. was maybe the greatest splash page in the history of comics. Come on. That is frameable <laughs> is what that is. That is print it and frame it. That, uh, yes, that awesome. But uh, but no, it was and it brings back certain characters too, like the vampire that we haven't seen necessarily for a little while that are fun to read. This is where layman belongs. Yeah. This was, you know, in, you know, the way, the way comics like to market themselves, this was, you know, a very important issue that changes everything, <laughs> but it kind of is because, uh, you know, we get a new, yet another new food power, the, the Victus Picotion who is able to concoct these beauty masks out of food that'll actually change people's facial features Again, how they come up with these things, <laughs> I can guess, let's just say. <laughs> but we really learn a lot about the, the quote, vampire in this I mean, issue. He's been somebody who's been hanging around for ages now, you know, on the fringes of the comic. But now we finally get an idea of exactly what he's trying to accomplish here, where, yes, he's a sympath just like Tony was, but 
in a different way where as he's draining his victim's blood, he's actually collecting and absorbing their powers. And it's almost become kind of like a drug for him, as they say, where, you know, he's he's. He's, he's the dude from Heroes. Yeah, he's he's <laughs> accelerating, you know, his his uh, absorption, and that takes things in a wildly different direction that I wasn't even coming close to expecting. No, it is something that if you watched Heroes immediately, it's silent. Of course, so it's it's not a new premise, and because of that, I'm hoping that Layman doesn't fall onto the same pitfalls of turning it into a Siler type character kind of thing. So, but I mean. He's done nothing but show us originality so far. It's hard to believe that he'll fall into that trap. And it looks like for the next issue in 30, they're big halfway because they said uh, Chu is planned out to be 60 issues. It's going to be a wedding issue. (laughs) (laughs) Again, I cannot even begin to imagine the chaos that is going to erupt in that issue. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) But... Uh, this issue, of course, but the larger Space Cake storyline they've been going with, I find wildly successful from a writing standpoint because the main character of the comic hasn't been in yep. this storyline. He's been laid up in the hospital the entire time. And that shows a definite great writing of having this fantastic supporting cast that can carry the comic on their own. Well, and that's something that he's done since the beginning. I mean, we talked about that too. Like he is not just creating really strong story arcs, but he has created characters and and the interactions between the characters so masterfully that, like you're saying, they can carry a story for multiple issues. Like not just one or two. We barely see Tony, he Tony, not his sister, um, throughout a lot of these. He's on the first page here and that's it. And his quote unquote replacement, his sister is such a strong character and her relationship is such a polar opposite to uh, like Colby and the others that it's fun to read these issues without the main character and with her instead. I'm almost going to be disappointed when Tony finally comes yeah, back no kidding. at this point. <laughs> I, I, I love Tony again, sister. Like when you see her at the end, when she accepts the <laughs> yeah. marriage proposal and the look on her face is like, Oh, God, I can't wait till the wedding. I can just can't wait. And and again, facial expressions just absolutely make this comic. Well, Giori is a freaking genius. I don't know how he can do this every month on time. I don't think he does. <laughs> if you ever read his Twitter feed when it's coming close to deadline time. <laughs> yeah. And, and then you have as well, too, and this same as all the other ones. You, you, you can't just skim over the art. You have to look for the little hidden things here and there that he's put that are little cultural references that are just freaking hilarious. Mm -hmm. So uh, three comics that, well, two comics that we both really enjoyed and one that we found good, but is kind of going to be open to interpretation, but all in all, not a bad week and much better than some of our previous weeks we've had since I came back. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But moving on to what we're reading, uh, Hawkeye number three came out last week and I, like I said on Twitter, I feel very uncomfortable living in a world where a Hawkeye comic is this good. I haven't read that one yet, actually. Even things that should have been so stupid and cheesy, the way they're handled and, you know, with the pacing of the comic are are, are brilliant. I mean, half this issue revolved around, you know, this recurring joke of Hawkeye and his trick arrows. <laughs> but it worked for the issue. I 
I love this comic. I, I, I hate to say it. No, I will be reading it, but uh, again, I've been busy reading a crap load of other stuff right now. Yeah, gave you a nice little list there. Yes, you did. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, also, Uncanny X-Men uh, issue 20 was the final issue for uh, Kieran Gillen's run on there. And actually, they haven't announced an Uncanny X-Men for Marvel now, which is kind of interesting. But I guess given the state of the X-Men franchise, you really can't have a flagship X-Men title right now. Yeah. But um, it, it did some interesting stuff. Um, did you read this one either? No. Nope, okay. Not yet. Um, kind of bringing or back. What was in it? It uh, had a great scene. I threw you off your groove yeah, there, didn't I? Yeah, <laughs> really. Had a, had a great scene with uh, Scott and Mr. Sinister kind of poking his head back oh, into yes, the storyline. Yes, yes. Yeah, I did see that. Right? Loved the way they ended the issue. But the one thing is you can tell that Gillen had plans for these characters beyond the 20 issues he was given. The way they had to quickly wrap up the whole Colossus juggernaut storyline you you could tell it was rushed, and I really wish it had been played out as long as at least believe it was intended to be. Because the storyline they did have running there with uh, his sister and the powers, and there was definitely a lot of potential there for a really, really good story that unfortunately, because of the whole relaunch and all that, uh, he didn't have the time to tell. Yeah, the stuff with his sister just came off as a couple of panels of him being pissed off, and then poop, it's done. And so thinking, we got to really the storyline up because I'm yeah. not writing this anymore. <laughs> this is like a pretty monumental little thing going on between the two of them, and it's just kind of in passing. It's like, hmm, okay. Yeah, it's it it's unfortunate because it there there could have been a great ongoing storyline there, and one of the unfortunate casualties of Marvel now. Yeah, And then the last one I want to talk about uh, this week is actually the Marvel Zombies Halloween one-shot. I was not expecting this. I mean, the Marvel Zombie stuff has always been fun, you know, irreverent, comedy-based stuff, you know, just having fun with super-powered super zombies. That, that's always going to be interesting. But this one took a really different turn for this one-shot, and I loved it. Again, did you read this one? I've got it, but I haven't read it. So I, don't, no spoilers. I really don't want to ruin everything, but... <laughs> If you're I'll read it tonight, a then. longtime fan of the X-Men franchise and the characters therein, this this comic was really good. <laughs> okay, cool. Very, very touching for something that was still completely outside of the normal Marvel stuff, but highly recommend. It's a, it's a single issue. I, was, I actually thought it was going to be a uh, miniseries. When I got to the end of the issue and it was over, I was actually really upset. I was like, no, <laughs> I wanted more, you know, a couple more issues with these characters. Cool. Cool. All right. What you got for us this week? I'm only going to waste our time with one of them, and that is Marvel Now Point One. Did you read this? Yes, I did. Huh. Okay. Did you like it? I liked parts of it. <laughs> I didn't like any of it. I seriously didn't like any of it. The um, the stuff with the future dude, I was like, oh, my and God. Blatant <laughs> framing device. Yeah. Stupid. Yeah. Really didn't work. The stuff with Nova, man, oh, didn't I like it either. I, I, as we discussed last week, I'm really not looking forward to that series no the stuff with i know that you're looking forward to these young avengers things but it was like this just young avengers throwing tantrums please again i've raised enough kids i don't need to see that in the comic book i it was it was ridiculous the stuff with ant-man oh oh, yeah oh that was bad oh my god yes my daughter is dead and you killed her so i'm gonna draw yeah a funny thing on your portrait did not like it. 
did not like it at all. And then the stuff with Cable, that was the only one that was like, eh, okay, that's not bad, but it wasn't anything really earth shattering. Yeah, it wasn't it it didn't make you want to read the series, which is what no. all of these short stories should have should have done. And it really did not. And then the main story ending afterwards at the end, and it's like, wow. And they're making freaking Colson out to be this badass. Uh, <laughs> it's like, I know. <laughs> so really, this was like disappointment beginning to end. I really, I was like, oh my. I wasn't expecting much going in, so I can't say I was disappointed. Oh, I was. I, I most seriously was. The rest of what I read was actually for... Um, our issue next week. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to have a lot to say about that. And most of it is all freaking good. Oh, and I read the walking dead one Oh three. Did you read it? I'm giving it some time. Oh, really? It was like, meh. Cause we, we actually never got a chance to talk about issue 100. Did we, that was, you covered that with Sarah. If I'm not mistaken. I honestly can't remember. Yeah. Yes. You're right. You're right. I like that. He at least set up a different situation from what we've seen before. The issue itself was not really all that amazing. But the position he left the characters in is not something we've seen in that comic yet where where Rick is now uh, you know, the, the weak one in the situation. But again, I haven't read 101 through 103, so – yeah, this is honestly 103 was not a big deal. What's funny is that, and I just wrote the review of The Walking Dead episode four for oh, the Telltale game. Every time this this comes up, I get depressed. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but just to say, like, I mean, that game, the writing in that game is amazing, and it shows that the IP still has legs. Um, hell, people are even saying this season of The Walking Dead has been better. Which shows well, that it has potential as well. That's not saying a lot better than season so, two. So yeah. Um, it, so, but this here, honestly, I, I have not been impressed with this for a while now at all. I haven't been enjoying it. And just to put it out there, I there is very little I liked in uh, episode two of season three. But that's okay. just me apparently because it's like you said, everybody's been raving about it. I haven't watched it yet. And that's it for me. Okay. So moving into this week's new releases, it's a very small but very powerful list this week. We have Amazing Spider-Man number 696, Avengers number 32, AVX Consequences number 3, and now we run into some interesting ones here. Captain America 19, which is Ed Brubaker's final issue, FF number 23, which is Jonathan Hickman's final issue, Invincible Iron Man number 527, which is Matt Fraction's final issue, and Journey into Mystery 645, which is Kieran Gillen's final issue. So a lot of stuff ending this week, making way for Marvel Now coming soon. We also have the first issue of what should be a freaking awesome miniseries and Punisher Warzone, uh, Secret Avengers number 33, Ultimates number 17, and Extreme X-Men number 5. Uh, I don't care about Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> FF, come on. Well, yeah, but the only real one that is like, I need to read this now, Spider-Man. And actually, interesting little uh, trivia that I picked up on Twitter today. Both Captain America and ASM this week mark the 100th issues for Ed Brubaker and Dan Slott on those two characters. Yeah. Interesting coincidence. And uh, congrats to both of them. As somebody who can appreciate what it takes to do 100 issues of something. (laughs) A lot of freaking work. I'm sure they put more work into their 100 issues than we have. Well, at least what you have. (laughs) 
I see how it's going to be. <laughs> yes, damn right. <laughs> All right, from DC this week, I'm looking at Flash number 13 and Talon number one. And then all the only other thing I have this week is from Image, and that's Invincible number 96. So a very, very Marvel-heavy week this week, at, at least for me. Yeah, no, it is. All right, so that's going to wrap us up here at Comic Book Informer. As always, you can find us online at comicbookinformer.com or on Twitter at CBinformer. And until next week... See you then. Tapioca. Tapioca. <laughs> you have a post-it note to remind you about that, don't you? No, actually, I don't. Because there's no way I would have remembered at the beginning and the end of the episode. That, that's that's commitment to a joke. Uh, that's all. It is, but it was funny. <laughs> now I got to link it, though. I got to find the link again so I can put it in the show notes. People will be like, what the hell? They have he's not on, on the deep end. <laughs> Even when he's on the codeine, he's not normally this bad. 